And we're back on the KYMM Morning Show. We're joined now by a special guest via phone from uh, Northfield Hospital and Clinics. It's hospital uh, president and CEO, uh, Steve Underdahl. Uh, Steve, first of all, thank you so much for coming in. I hope your summer and defeat of Jesse James days was good because uh, we're heading into autumn now. <laughs> well, we are. I must admit, you know, at, at my age, I always think, that it's interesting to me that I still cycle into the, yeah, school is starting sort of thing. I don't know what relevance that has to me anymore, but it still feels like, you know, one of the, uh, one of the milestones of the year. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's talk about, well, first of all, I want to talk to you about a subject that has been in the news. I know it doesn't directly affect Northfield Hospital and Clinics, but uh, this week there has been a uh, nurse's strike. Uh, it was targeted at uh, you know, a few uh, medical facilities facilities throughout the uh, the metro area and uh, throughout really Minnesota. Northfield wasn't part of that, but have you been at all uh, affected by that nurses strike? Yeah, we have and 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 you you're correct in that uh, you know, um, this isn't a, a, a labor issue here locally, uh, but just about everybody uh, within the healthcare ecosystem in, in Minnesota is affected in, in some way or another. So for us, um, as we try to you know anticipate what what could happen and what the implications are for our patients, um, probably the biggest concern for us was our ability to um, transfer patients that need to go to some of these larger facilities in the Twin Cities. So. Actually, what was what was interesting about this is that we used much the same mechanisms that we had during the last big COVID wave, where we really had to go through a planning process and really stand up a, a kind of a special review process for what do we do if it's not as easy to get somebody to a level of a tertiary or quaternary care that we might normally be able to uh, easily uh, transfer somebody. And so in preparation for the, the, the strike in the Twin Cities, we stood up a group that literally sort of walked through each of those uh, scenarios. And you know, what do we do if this happens? How are we going to respond if we're in this situation? Uh, as you might guess, it's, it's kind of a scary exercise because you uh, sort of purposefully go through all of the uh, uh, worst case scenarios that you can think of, uh, but I feel like it really is helpful, and it really gets us in a position where, where uh, you know, we have uh, a really thoughtful approach to what we do to make sure that we're keeping our patients and our community safe. So that's really where we've put a lot of our energy. We staffed up across uh, uh, to the degree that we possibly could across uh, many units. So in case we ended up uh, uh, needing to have more patients here. Uh, than we normally would. And we've been pretty full. Um, we've been able to manage day to day, um, uh, but uh, we have a meeting, for instance, every day to talk about the status. I had one at 7.30 this morning. We've got another meeting later in the morning every day where we look at um, pending surgeries uh, to make sure that we're not uh, you know, painting ourselves into the corner that way. So um, I, I think what your listeners probably would be the most interested in is being reassured that um, we really took some proactive steps to try to make sure that uh, here locally at a hospital level that, that we had really thought through what the implications of having interruptions to our normal 
transfer pathways might be. Mm -hmm. Now let's look at the uh, long-term effects. Will there be, uh, uh, is the rest of the, are the rest of the nurses in the state and medical facilities looking at this as for, uh, as far as being guidance for what the pay scale will be kind of statewide going forward into the uh, future? Yeah, I, I think there's always some anchoring that happens uh, in, in terms of if, if there are um, uh, negotiated settlements around um, uh, wages and benefits and structure and things like that that happen with the big organizations in the Twin Cities. Um, I, I think those things have an impact elsewhere, even if it's not a unionized environment. It isn't always an exact mirror uh, but but it, it almost always has some uh, uh, impact. So so certainly everybody, whether you're a union shop or not, uh, you know, watches this with some interest. All right, let's move on to a, another event that uh, is directly uh, you are directly involved with, and that is uh, urgent care. Uh, the urgent care uh, facilities here in Northfield will be opening today, so Northfield residents will have access to that after uh, about a year or two of, of not having that. Uh, that's uh, got to be an exciting time for you and the staff. Yeah, it is. It, it, it you know talk about delayed gratification. So you know we had our express care. Uh, uh, option that that we we really during the pandemic ended up uh, you know using uh, many of those staff uh, for other purposes as many organizations did and then as you might recall we we made uh, a commitment to uh, securing this uh, property and this you know building that used to be uh, a, a, an urgent care run by another provider about a year ago, and it's really taken a year of, of, you know, really needing to get our staffing squared away so that we could, uh, you know, open it and uh, be reliably open and all of that. I mean, it, it fits in with the stresses that all medical centers are having right now with uh, with with staffing. So, so this has been a, a, a long, a long road here, but uh, we're really looking forward to this. We think this is really going to be a helpful, helpful thing for the community, and it, it's you know going to be a good, high-quality walk-in um, uh, clinic if people are sick today or have um, you know uh, more minor uh, uh, injuries that they want uh, somebody to take a look at. They don't have to be our patients. You know this. Uh, you know they can. Use us irrespective of that. Um, I, I think we will uh, also provide an option for people that, um, in the past, maybe felt like the emergency department was their only option, and that they couldn't get an appointment in a clinic uh, for a few days, and they felt they had more urgency than that. On the other hand, you know, didn't necessarily feel like they were having an emergency, but the emergency department ended up being their only option. So we're hoping this decompresses our, our emergency department to, to some extent too. The other thing that I think will be really helpful is that unlike our, our former location, which was smaller and both, both in size and in scope, you know, this location will have uh, uh, imaging and laboratory. So, um, if somebody needs an X-ray or somebody needs uh, uh, some some lab, uh, that they're able to get it. The other thing that we hope will really be helpful for people is if they come in and it turns out, you know what, we need you to see an orthopedist here because your mountain bike uh, 
injury it was a, you know more significant than you thought we can really help people then make those uh, those uh, transitions uh, into the whatever specialty care they might need yeah, you know, my next question was going to be about, uh, you had mentioned express care. Uh, you had that facility. Now you, you're moving on to urgent care. Is there a, a big difference? I guess you answered a little bit of that with, uh, yeah, there is a little bit deeper services, a few more services offered in the in the urgent care now. Yeah, and that's really the the kind of the crux of it, Jeff, is, is that we're able to offer a little bit more full-service uh clinic encounter by virtue of having things like x-ray and, and laboratory and those kinds of things. So uh, it, it broadens the scope of, of uh, why somebody might uh, uh, choose a location like that. So I think that was part of the feedback that we got with our former location is that people really liked the service, but because we didn't have some of those other elements, um, for some people, it felt like a, you know we turned a one-step process into a two-step process, and so this mm-hmm. is uh, uh, this urgent care location hopefully addresses some of that. All right. Uh, once again, Steve Underdahl is with us, uh, Northfield Hospital President and CEO. Let's move on to uh, vaccines. Uh, there is a new vaccine out for COVID. It's like this year's is getting to be kind of like the flu shot, where each time we get a variant, we get a new. Uh, uh, new vaccine against that. Do you have that yet? And tell us about that and who should be getting uh, vaccine boosters. Yeah, so we don't have it yet. Uh, we're expecting uh, to have it soon. Uh, and, and as soon as we do, we'll, we'll alert uh, folks and start scheduling appointments. So, so basically, I mean, I think you got it right. And again, I'm, I'm not a physician and I'm not a vaccine scientist, but my understanding is that your your kind of outline of it is right is that you know we may be seeing boosters uh, uh, come in the future that are adapted to what's happening with the virus at the moment. So this particular one is really designed to offer protection against Omicron BA4 and BA5, uh, which you know as you might remember the the the, the existing vaccine and and uh, subsequent boosters um, really help people not get deathly ill uh, from uh, uh, COVID, but it didn't necessarily prevent them from getting it um, to the degree that uh, we, we thought it might. So, so I think you're going to see that that's maybe the new, uh, you know, pattern going forward is that uh, there will be um, at least a review of, of, you know, do the boosters uh, align with what we're seeing uh, out, out there in terms of disease prevalence. So the CDC is going to recommend, I think, that everyone over 12 get a booster. Um, you know, for Pfizer, it's for people 12 and older, and I think for Moderna, it's for people 18 and over. But uh, again, as this becomes uh, available, um, it, it'll be available in other locations, not just at, you know at, at the medical center. I, I presume that. Uh, uh, Walgreens and CVS and places like that will will have them available as well. All right. When do you, when do you expect that? Is that going to be in the next week or two or sometime in this I, fall? I think so. Um, we we have one of my colleagues here is is kind of our vaccineologist who uh, you know communicates with uh, the people that that uh, provide the vaccine and and uh, I think he was looking for you know anywhere between last week and two weeks from now. <laughs> All right. All right. Hey, let's move on. I've noticed on some of you, the marketing that you do here at KYMN Radio, you're featuring uh, 
Yeah, midwife services uh, as of late. Has that uh, has the midwife uh, care uh, expanded at uh, the birth center there? Yeah, it has. It's it's uh, and actually it's a it's a very uh, exciting evolution. We've had a midwife for quite a while, but but I think we well, one of the things we recognized early on is that there was a difference between having a midwife on staff and having a midwifery program. And that, you know, if you just have a person, there's there's just, you know, kind of built-in limitations to how much one person can do. So now we really have uh, a, a more uh, robust cohort of midwives. We've got four of them now. We've added three of them just in the last year. And so, we again, we've really moved away from just having a midwife as part of the team to really having a, a solid uh, midwife uh, services program. So they'll... They'll do, um, um, uh, you know, sort of more minimal intervention uh, births. Uh, they, they do uh, water births in our in our uh, water birth suite. They deliver babies, of course. They provide uh, prenatal and postnatal care. And so, for many many people, have a preference for this level of care. Some don't. And and we think the sweet spot for us is that we offer a a spectrum of of uh, professionals that our, our patients and customers can choose from. Now, have you seen an increase in popularity in uh, in midwife birthing uh, over the course of recent years? Is that something that's coming back? Yeah, and 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 my and again, I'm not an expert in this, Jeff, but my understanding is that there really has been a growing uh, preference, and some of it, I think, is that that midwifery as a profession has really become um, more standardized, more professionalized. Uh, I, I think if you went back, you know, 20, 25 years ago, and you were talking about midwife. Hello? Steve, I, th- I think we lost you there. Yep, we we definitely lost Steve, but that was kind of the end of our uh, uh, our program anyway. So are the questions that we had, and I know he had to get to uh, to a uh, uh, he had some more things going on coming up at the top of the hour. So uh, we'll let that go. Uh, this interview, just like all the other interviews we have, available on our website at kymnradio.net. Got local news coming up. We all know Thomas Gardens offers a wide range of fresh, locally...